0: blood talk radio
1: back, Bulls and Ghouls, Ladies and Germs, to an all-new episode of Talking Terror, a.k.a. the Mother's Day edition. We hope that you're having a good week so far and that you're ready for the upcoming weekend, which also includes Mother's Day this Sunday. So the Mad Monkeys decided to pick Serial Mom from 1994, directed by John Waters. So we'll be talking about that movie later on in the show. As always, I'm the old pal, the king of horror, MDG, welcoming you back to this episode. And I'm also joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Goldby Keith.
2: Mother, do you think they'll drop the bomb? Oh, wrong Waters, man. My bad.
1: Yep. Yeah, no, not <laughs> that one. Not Roger Waters. Yeah, no, the other one. Not Mother Waters either. <laughs> the, the worst one.
2: Uh, I, I'm good, man. How how you all doing?
1: I'm doing just fine. Uh, how has your week been so far?
2: It has been a week. That is for sure. Sorry, the animals are in fucking insane mode tonight, and I'm going to end up killing one or all of them.
1: Well, one at a time. I mean, that could be good for the show. to could bring up the ratings. We have, you know, on jets Jeffs, some chickens.
0: Mm, you know, yeah,
2: no, I mean, come on, man. You see posts on Facebook and dudes or kids doing this farted shit to animals, and then you get every asshole under the sun going, oh man, I hope I I ever found that guy, I'm gonna, I would take this and stick that and feed his face in and do
0: this and that, it's like, yeah, okay, dude.
1: Yeah, there's no such thing as bad press, that's (laughs) all I'm saying. (laughs) And of course, you hear Mm -hmm. the monkey in the background, that must mean he's out of tapioca, he's got flowers (laughs) that evolve and stained, (laughs) oh good lord, monkey, welcome back to
0: the show. (laughs)
3: Hi there, Freight Family. This is your sexy satanic Simeon the Mad Monkey, broadcasting to you live from a luxurious pedestal (laughs) (laughs) at the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic. Now, before we begin... uh, Yes, I do. But before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to wish my brother, the king of horror, a very happy birthday, because even though we mentioned it last week, this weekend is actually his birthday. (laughs)
2: So,
1: happy it birthday, is.
2: brother.
1: Uh, Once again, happy birthday, being, uh, uh, happy, happy birthday yeah. to
2: King. Happy birthday to King. Happy birthday to King. Happy birthday to King.
0: Oh,
1: just <laughs> <laughs> oh, showed up. <laughs> Bruce Campbell now the now
3: he does <laughs> Now the King just wants to be like, where's my birthday?"
0: <laughs> Where's my kid? <laughs> but I do uh I do have to give a <laughs>
1: <laughs> The monkey and the diva picked out some very cool birthday gifts for me. Uh, famous Monsters of Filmland t shirts. Uh, as everybody knows, that was the first magazine I picked out before Fangoria, the J. Ackerman magazine, all about monsters and like Frankenstein, the creature from the Black Lagoon. A lament configuration from Hellraiser. And a very cool Ghostbusters complete visual history. Detailing Ghostbusters One, Two, and the animated series. Beautiful fucking magazine.
0: Very no. sweet of you guys. <laughs> yeah, see my early
2: <laughs> magazines were like Playboys.
0: <laughs> yeah, I read those like too. You. But <laughs> <laughs> particularly story. I well,
2: remember well, I remember like almost with like vivid detail. Like I don't remember obviously the first one I ever saw. I remember I was a little kid and I found that in like my Uh, The bathroom of my my great-grandmother's house where, you know, obviously my grandfather lived and my uncle lived so and my dad, so God knows who it could have been. Uh, But I do remember, like, the first one that I vividly remember opening and looking at, and specifically because it was Erica Eleniak from Baywatch. And this is when Baywatch first broke, and it was the first time I'd ever seen a girl with blonde hair down there. You know, up until this ooh, point, my experience in uh, porn had been all big popcorn bushes that were, you know, big, black, and basically looked like, uh, you know, what's-his-face from, from different strokes his head. Um, Todd, was Arnold. Oh, <laughs> you yeah, well, can go that route, too, man. You know, that's basically <laughs> what they all look like, man. But, uh, yeah, now, this this lovely lady had one that was a fine blonde tufts,
1: and it was like, ooh, they come
2: in different colors.
1: The <laughs> like Carpets, mats, and drapes That's always good On that day, the ghoul now, learned
2: about diversity <laughs>
3: <laughs> Now, I, I'd also like to jolt in real quick Now that we're talking about things that we spanked to and whatnot <laughs> Take a moment oh. to, say happy, to say happy anniversary to my lovely wife, the diva Because this Friday, we shall have been happily married for nine years I, I've been able to trick her this long Let's see if I can keep it going So just wanted to say <laughs> say happy anniversary, angel Love you <laughs> And happy Mother's
2: Day to all the moms that are out there listening.
3: Thank you, Mom, for boosting Nine up the, the I love letting you. a monkey stick
2: his fucking hairy monkey wee-wee in you, you poor, poor yeah. woman.
0: <laughs> That's why he has to spend at the world all the time. It probably smells.
1: Me, he not her. He said that a long time ago. <laughs> no,
0: not, not her. Of
2: course
1: yeah.
0: not her. I mean, you dick.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. A
0: little a little monkey wee
3: wee. <laughs> For some reason she likes me and decided to keep me, so that's awesome. <laughs> hey, nine year okay. Hey, you know, ten year ten years ago we met at New York Comic Con, so
0: awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's great that you go from tales of spanking it to your wife to Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. It's a great segue. Hey.
2: Hey. <laughs> the the, the milk. Right? Now that makes a lot of sense. You probably had a mask on, or she figured you did. So
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: Is that
1: just face? Why you do
2: Oh
3: fuck.
1: Well, I could do better. Aw- I could do worse.
3: That is, that is an awesome creature from the Black Lagoon cosplay. Um
1: Thanks. <laughs> Does it come off? No. <laughs> Wow. Dedication. What are you
2: talking about, monkey? With your bald head, you know, she just figured you were a walking penis.
1: Uh,
2: uh,
3: or trying to do my best to have eyes. A little, little split <laughs> on the top and you'd be good to go.
1: He had the peach fuzz at one time. He had a little bit of hair up there one time. Oh. I no, no, I've never no, seen no, the monkey with when, hair.
3: Not when we met. No, when we met, I was on
1: oh, your ass. Yeah, smooth as a baby's ass. For
2: some reason, I pictured that when you had hair, monkey, it was like a big fro or like Jerry Curls or something. (laughs) I'll I'll have to see if I can find you some pictures. (laughs) Looking
1: like Uh demons from Friday Five.
0: (laughs) Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Goddamn Enceladus.
1: God damn it. I'm going to get you, bitch. <laughs> so, yeah. I think we could find a picture of the monkey with hair. Because that, I think I would be fucking stunned. I wouldn't even know how to react. Like, you fucking had hair.
0: Like what is that?
3: I, can, I don't know where any you are. I'll have to see if I can dig some out of the storage unit while I'm getting ready for yard sales this weekend.
1: <laughs> oh, excellent. Um, but we are not joined by the doc this week. I apparently had a camping trip. Uh, At least that's what I got from the conversation So he's tired and he's at home So hope he's listening Hope we do well with the horror talk Because you know how he likes to helm that Uh, But I wanted to kick it off with The the, uh, Ghoul Because we watched a movie this past weekend That premiered on Netflix on May 3rd uh, Extremely Wicked Shockingly Evil and Vile The Zac Efron Ted Bundy film Uh, So I had thoughts on it And talked about it But I wanted to get your thoughts on air Of what you thought about this movie
2: Uh, you know, Listen, man, I, obviously I've only watched it the one time. I, I, that may be the only time I do watch it to its completion. Uh, I think Efron was somewhat serviceable, but I think I really expected more out of this
0: film.
1: Yeah, definitely expected more. Um, like we had talked about, I felt like they were trying to make him kind of an anti-hero in a way. Uh, rather than focusing on the narcissistic psychopath that he was, they treated him more like an anti-hero and i know that you said that you got those vibes too it was weird
2: yeah i mean i think they definitely throughout the whole film were trying to you know put that shadow of doubt in place like you know maybe he was just misjudged maybe
1: maybe they didn't
2: get the right guy you know oh look he got pigeonholed because it turned out to be his girlfriend that called um you know, I feel like there were a number of things mm-hmm. that they kind of failed to to mention there. So, you know, when you're at the end of the movie and he's talking about that, uh, he's only given names um, or admitting to doing any of this because you know he uh, he's just trying to get more times before he gets ex- ex- executed. Mm-hmm. You know what they failed to mention is the fact that he was also giving locations of said bodies. So it wasn't That's just right. that he was admitting mm-hmm. to doing it; he was actually showing them you know, where he was leaving said bodies, meaning that, yes, he was killing them. Now, yeah, they gave us that quick scene where you show him killing one girl. Um, I think maybe that's what it was. Maybe what I expected was less of a love story and more of a movie about Ted Bundy killing
0: people. Mm.
3: So, Even wait, better. So, oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so they don't cover anything about him killing people in this movie? Only during
1: the trial. Only during his trial that he had. They don't actually show him doing anything. It's more of just him being on trial, him saying he's wrongfully convicted, he's wrongfully accused, you know, he didn't do these things, and him escaping, which is just... Uh, yeah. I, I'm not just in the movie when he escapes uh, for the first time in Colorado, where they send it to the box tops the to letter. Where it's like, obviously you're cheering for this guy, and you shouldn't be. Like, they shouldn't put that song in there. I thought that was a poor choice. But...
3: But I thought Zach Asflo had sit there and put out all these comments you know while this movie was in production that this movie was supposed to be a film that
2: did not glorify our killer. He, maybe he felt that way, maybe he felt that's how he was performing it. Maybe that's what the producers and director were telling him, but yeah. you know what they film what they're gonna film, and then they edit it, however they're gonna edit it. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know the deep end of what was done with this, but they definitely cut, and and this film was made without a doubt to make you sympathize for this guy.
1: Yeah, it's a shame, the way that they framed it. I mean, well, Even my uh, my mother, because we are talking about Mother's Day, she watched it. Uh, she right. called me after she finished it, and she goes, are they trying to glorify Ted Bundy? Because I feel like they're trying to make people who don't know who Ted Bundy is kind of make you feel bad for him, that maybe he did get railroaded. You know, maybe he he did some bad things, but maybe he's not a murderer. Uh, it just I don't know. It's a, a weird movie, and I know a lot of people online are saying the exact same thing. I just kind of wish they had showed you more of him being a killer, uh, showing you that violent streak that he had. And I felt like it was in poor taste to kind of have a usual suspects ending, like that Kaiser Sose ending that they had on it. It's like yeah, I didn't need that. <clears throat> I just wish they went in a different direction. Yeah.
3: So. Uh, in your opinion, like people who don't know anything uh, about him and watching this for the first time trying to learn something, do you guys think that they're going to be walking away with the opinion that, you know, he he's a charming guy that maybe just actually didn't do it?
1: I think so.
2: We definitely discuss that, you know, like, and especially in this day and age, you know, you're going to get people that are going to be like, hey, this guy should be, you know, they they should overturn this sentence, you know, posthumously, <laughs> and, you know, he was innocent this whole time. How could they do that to him, and blah bitty, blah bitty, blah and It's like, listen, man, you know, it's done. He's dead.
0: He did it. <laughs> End the fucking story.
1: Yeah, ultimately, exactly like you just said. I mean, I mean there's people going to be online going, justice is dead. Justice. <laughs> you saw that movie. He's innocent. No, he's not. He went to the <laughs> chair. He deserved it what was- he got. He killed a lot of innocent women, and I think that the focal point should have been on the women that he killed, more on just him. I mean, you do get that mm. thirty-second pause at the end where they're like, "Oh, these are the victims that he killed," and they list all the names. Mm. I don't that's not enough. It seems like yeah, that's, even that even was in poor taste to just kind of tack it on at the end, be like, "Oh, by the way, he actually did kill all these people, and these are their names."
3: What? That? That's it? The, so, you know, like, you you never actually catch them in the actual? During this entire movie at all is it like they're not One time There's
2: one scene Where I mean he's not caught in the act There's one scene near the end of the film In which they actually show him Killing somebody
1: Yeah and it's a really quick cut too It's maybe like 10 seconds It's not that long of a scene So it's a, it's a difficult movie to kind of process Especially knowing who Ted Bundy was But I feel bad for anybody who doesn't Going into this movie, Zach Efron, he's so fucking dreamy. Maybe Ted Bundy was innocent. Mm. No, 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 no. (laughs) You Mm. need to read the facts.
2: Don't get get us wrong. The guy was charming. He was. It was one of his his many qualities. But, you know, still, who he was besides that charming person, that's what they really needed to show.
1: Yeah, he was a Mm. a necrophile who defiled women's bodies after they were killed. He was disgusting. But like the good said, he was charming. He could present himself like just a friendly guy. Like, I just want to be a lawyer, and, and I, I'm going to get out, and I'm going to be fine, and I'm going to be cleared. Don't forget that Ted Bundy killed a 12-year-old in Florida, everybody. <laughs> yes. and he killed
2: more than one. He killed two, two 12-year-olds, I
1: yeah. believe it was. Well, he killed the one in Tallahassee, uh, Kimberly Ann Leach. And they said supposedly he might have killed another one, but they can't really confirm that he killed that one. But they definitely have him as confirmed killing once. Uh, in Tallahassee, which went against okay. everything that he did, but he still did it.
3: So, aside from them uh, definitely getting the point of the story completely wrong, but I know that you've seen the original trial tapes, King. Um, and I wanted to ask you, c- c- comparing Ephron's performance to what you saw in the trial tapes, how was Ephron's performance as far as nail- nailing down this character of Bundy?
1: Um, eerily uncanny I mean, that's what I commented on a lot of posts That he is eerily uncanny uh, As Ted Bundy, he had to have studied these tapes uh, In particular, an interview he did in Colorado in 1977 When Ted grew his beard out And he changed his appearance And he's talking to an interviewer And his eyes are darting around He's kind of laughing And he's kind of having this cajoling thing with an interviewer um, To watch Zach Efron do it I couldn't believe it I mean, it was almost like a mirror image of Ted back in 1977. I was just incredibly impressed uh, with how they handled it. Um, so yeah, Zach Efron did a great job, but I felt like there could have been something more that he could have done to make this character more sadistic than what they presented it as. Okay. I mean, I've listened to the oh, tapes. I've seen the videos. Yeah, I mean, it says, he did a good job. Like the Gould said, he did a serviceable job, but they didn't go far enough to show you just how sick he was. And I think that was what
0: was
2: yeah, like. and, and I mean, here's the thing too, though. Uh, unfortunately, you pick somebody like Zac Efron to play the role. There's no point that I'm watching him perform as Ted Bundy where I say, that's Ted Bundy. You know, the whole time it's Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy. You know, there, there's, there's no level of uh, complete believability, I guess, as a character.
1: It was more so the mannerisms, but yeah, like we had talked about when you see him playing Ted Bundy, it's just Zac Efron, like the guy from Neighbors. Like, he doesn't put on an accent, He doesn't try to dull his voice down like Ted could do. No, it's just Zac Efron. Like, that's just him talking yeah, to Zac Efron. You know? He, and he's Ted just, was his tricky, mannerisms You
0: know what I mean? Like,
1: there, there were yeah. things
2: that I felt like were missing that, you know, like some, maybe it felt sometimes like he was capturing it, but it wasn't consistent yeah. across the board.
1: Oh, no. Oh, okay. I mean... Like I said, that one interview that he did in the jail where he's wearing the brown turtleneck, Zac Efron. That was, that was the only time I'm like, "Wow, that is Ted," just because you they have that clip at the end of the film, and you could kind of play it back and side by side, and it's like, "Well, he has his mannerisms down a little bit, but he's still—it's just Zac Efron doing his Zac Efron voice, <laughs>
0: you know, that zebra <laughs>
1: voice that he does. <laughs> you
0: know, it's like, okay, it's I got gotcha. you. Still,
1: Zac. <laughs> you know, he doesn't try to put on any kind of weird voice. At least he wasn't
2: singing and dancing to Gabriella, you know?
1: Yeah, well, that would have been weird. I mean, if all of a sudden he just got up and danced with uh, Liz Klofer and they had him a dance (laughs) with (laughs) him. Like Like Spider-Man 3? (laughs) 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 Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, Monkey, speaking of Spider-Man, the second trailer for Far From Home dropped uh, just this past week. And I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it uh, because, to me, I was kind of surprised and blown away. I can't wait for this movie now.
3: Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Ghoul. You, you. <laughs> what do you think of the trailer, man?
2: Oh, no. I think uh, with what we've seen, you know, again, I, I don't want to do spoilers or anything, just in case there are people out there that are listening who have not seen Endgame, obviously. Um, you know, Far From Home is going to pick up where that movie kind of ends, Uh It's going to introduce some concepts that I think are, uh, are are very big that have very big implications for where they're going to go for the future of the Marvel Universe. And, uh, you know, not to to toot my horn, but it seems like I was a little bit right with some of the things that I thought they were going to do. Um,
0: so should
2: be, uh... Should be fascinating, to, see, to say the least. Uh, I think the big thing to, to really go with here is seeing what they're going to eventually do with the other franchises as they start to incorporate them into uh, into the bigger MCU.
1: Hmm. Yeah, you think, me.
2: I was just.
3: Well, first of all, I was just so excited that they're continuing Tom Holland's role as Spider-Man. Uh, just he—he's my favorite Spider-Man actor so far. It's like I just fucking love. It. His role as both Peter Parker and Spider-Man, you know, he's just fucking spot on, in my opinion. Um, and I love that they actually take the time to in the trailer to, just, straight off the bat, give a spoiler alert. You know, Tom Holland actually gives a spoiler alert going, if you have not seen Endgame, do not watch this trailer. Go to the Endgame and then come back and watch this trailer. You know, yeah. there's some definite spoilers here. You know, and I thought that was cool that they took that moment to do that. Um, but yeah, like the ghoul said, uh, you know, some interesting stuff <laughs> c- coming down the pipeline <laughs> with this new movie. I'm just excited to see, you know, where this goes just cause again, I just had so much fun with Tom Holland Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a great Spider-Man. Um, I mean, I'm still a McGuire guy, but I do like what uh, Tom Holland brings to it. Um, what I thought was interesting is having, uh, Jake Hall is Mysterio because you have that first trailer and you don't really know what Mysterio's place in the movie is going to be. Um, is he going to be the type of character that's going to try to be the hero, even though Spider-Man's trying to get in there and do that? So I kind of like the way that they portray Mysterio in the secondary trailer without getting mm. spoilers to Endgame. Um, mm. I like the fact that he's kind mm. of working alongside Spider-Man mm. to, to figure out the trigger threat. Mm.
0: Yeah. Hey, listen, let's
1: just say
2: that... You know, the, 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 the universe is about to get bigger and yes. I still think that it's a smart play on Sony's end, um, because it still leaves a very big door open for them in the event that they don't continue the deal with Disney. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: But as yeah, uh, you were
2: saying
0: with- well, it's because no, of I things
2: agree. that they set uh, in place with Spider-Verse and Venom, specifically, you know? Yeah.
0: And that's, that's and, 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 yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, and once again, I'm just so excited because they're bringing in Mysterio, which is just one of my all-time childhood favorites, you know? So just to actually see him get some screen time and for them to actually do the character justice as far as looks-wise, you know, I was just so excited. Of course, it did some updating, but nothing too over the top. You know, it's still pretty yeah, the original
0: costume. Yeah, no, I was impressed with the. Suit. Yeah, I mean,
2: it looks like he's got a glass bubble on his head and a purple suit. So,
0: yep, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> you know, modern it should be fascinating.
2: And... You know, but speaking of justice, you know, I just want to to give props because I can't believe that the movie's actually coming out this weekend. And, uh, you know, my my son was a huge fan. I never thought there'd be a day that I'd see a live-action version. But uh, Justice Smith shall be starring in Detective Pikachu coming out this weekend. You know, a Pokemon <laughs> yeah. movie that is live-action, man. Uh,
1: I've, yeah. I've seen
3: the trailers for this. Yeah. Uh, Gould, I mean, uh, King, did you see the trailer
1: at all? Yeah, I saw it. I mean, I, I know nothing really about Pokemon. I know Pikachu because it's all over the place. But other than that, I don't really know anything about Pokemon. But I was like, oh, Ryan Reynolds is doing the voice? And I was like, I might have to go see this. Like, they always they, the play up the comedy. And, you know, having Ryan Reynolds do the voice, I was kind of impressed. I was like, I might actually have to go see Detective Pikachu, knowing nothing about anything in this world. I just think it might be a fun time.
2: Yeah. I am I, of to the it, hope Mr. that okay. it's just so bad it's good.
1: I think you're gonna go in the right direction with that. I think it's gonna be one of those so bad it's good. Uh, what do you think, Monkey?
3: Well, it's just it's hard to tell with this movie coming out, just because the Pokemon movies in the past have a really bad habit of trying to really pull on the heartstrings, kind of like um, certain Godzilla movies where you know it's of the heart. You got to be able to sit there and
2: you know. Be, be all
3: about love and this kind of shit. And <laughs> they've done it so many times so many Pokemon movies in the past and I'm just hoping they go in a completely different direction than all of the
2: movies that were done um, by four kids.
0: Yeah. And, you wow. know, just take, I don't think uh, they're
2: going to go too far in a different direction. I mean, it's still Nintendo. It's still their hmm. product and I mean, that is kind of the
0: hmm.
2: careful because he's shit. Um, What? It's still the, the product that they they put out there. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm cleaning dog shit while doing oh, episodes. Okay, okay. i the dog shit on his pad. He seems to have. He seems to have decided that you know yeah. pooping on his pad is no longer what he wants to do.
1: Oh, now he's moving on, We're trying something different, seeing if it works.
2: No, but it's just. All
0: of yeah, like the floor
2: those, dumb, You know, dumb. like, <laughs> hey, I see the pad over there I know I used to shit on it and get rewarded for it But even though that pad is there And even though I like that reward that I get I'm still going to go shit five feet away from it
0: <laughs>
1: Floor is more comfortable <laughs> But, yeah go ahead, It's
3: like, no, and it's just You know, like I'm the original movies Were all um, done by Four Kids Entertainment It looks like this one is not going to be so I'm hoping that they're actually going to have some fun with this and take it in a different direction than
1: past Pokemon movies. That's Yeah, I mean, like I said, I know nothing about them, so, I mean, it's a new eye for me going, you know, get the Pikachu. But what I wanted to talk about as well is uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is getting a live-action movie with Jim Carrey. What? Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, the trailer is jarring when you see Sonic for the first time because it just looks horrible. Yeah. doesn't look anything like the science that we know love.
0: So
1: the, the audience feedback was so negative to how he looks that the director said he's going to go back in and redesign the character for the release. So oh, my the God. Look at it
0: now.
3: Oh, wow. It looks like it's – wow. Howard the Duck looks better than this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it looks really bad. <laughs> but the director listened to the fans, and he said, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to redesign the character, and – we're going to give you what you want. I'm like, well, listen, wow. The audience actually won one.
0: Uh, I think
2: sometimes what, you know, that while that's a good thing, it can also be a bad thing. You know, sometimes you got to keep with your vision and move ahead. You're the movie yeah. maker. You know what I mean? Yeah. You were the one that, that for whatever reason, your, your people designed this. They came up with the idea for it. You know, there, there had to have been something behind that design. Um, but, I mean, if, you know, if he, he feels like he wants to, to bow to their wishes and and take it in a, a different design direction, then hopefully it's not worse.
1: Well, I'm hoping yeah. that that original design looked kind of jarring. And then seeing Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik, I, went, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm so used yeah. to that original character design from the Sega series over there. Yeah. I love Jim Carrey, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if he's the right with that. Oh, I think it's
2: interesting to see him going back to something that he used to do. You know
1: what I mean? That's what this
2: reminds me of. It reminds me of something he would have been doing in the late 90s.
1: Yeah, like post-mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking Schumacher
0: Batman <laughs> movies.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: that's a good one.
1: I mean, I, I like that one. You know, I mean, it's not my favorite in the series, but I do have a soft spot for Batman Forever. Just because it's so just over the top and stupid, <laughs> it's much better than Batman and Robin.
3: Oh man, it's, I, I'm just getting a really bad Mario Brothers vibe off of this thing, man. The more I'm looking at this, it's just <laughs> 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 like was John Leguizamo not available to be Doctor Robotnik?
1: No, no, he's he's doing something else. And Bob Hoskins, <laughs> I don't know where he is. I don't even know if he's alive anymore. So <laughs>
0: he's <You> know, not. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, passed a,
2: he passed a good yeah. amount of years ago man.
1: <laughs> Well there you, you go so that's, dude. Where, where Bob that's the
2: guy from Roger Rabbit So I, I can yeah. never talk bad about him That's one of my favorite movies of all time
1: No Bob Hoskins is good in that movie Just not in, in uh, Mario But somebody was saying online no. How great would this be if Detective Pikachu and Sonic Are forming the, uh, the uh, Smash Brothers movie That's going to come out oh, soon good god <laughs> okay, <laughs> Please no I don't want to see that ever But, hey, listen, if they're setting up that universe, more power to them.
3: Oh, so, okay, so now this is going to be the Nintendo Cinematic Universe?
1: That's right. (laughs) God help us all.
2: (laughs) Teaming up with Sega. (laughs) Listen, the the next set of universe is obviously the Godzillaverse. So let's see how that works out.
1: But uh, keeping in line with what we've been talking about with with Sony and with uh, the superhero movies, New Mutants, a movie that we've been waiting to come out for a couple of years now, Uh, especially this year was supposed to come out. It's been pushed back again to April of 2020. So yet again, uh, another pushback for New Mutants. Uh, We're not going to see it until next year, hopefully in April. Hopefully there's not another pushback, but leads me to kind of question whether or not they have a movie that they have confidence in or they're just going to shelve it and release it onto one of their streaming platforms rather than distribute it theatrically.
3: Uh, man, it's like... Okay, go ahead, cool.
2: <laughs> no, go ahead, man. You had something. No, it's just that, again,
3: I've been waiting and waiting for this just because
2: the original trailer looks bad as hell.
3: You know, I saw... The, when it, it surprised the hell out of me because it just showed up in, before a horror movie that I was in theaters to go watch, I think it was The Winchester or something like that, um, but you know, and it just showed up, and I like I lost my shit, because I was like, holy fuck, is this really happening? And you know, I was thought I was finally going to get a fucking film of this stuff, but they just keep pushing it back and back, apparently like, for content reshoots, is that what they're going for?
1: Yeah, and the cast not getting along, and the director being let go, just a lot of issues uh, behind the scenes with this uh, New music project.
2: I mean, the majority of the film was in the can or should have been close to it, considering they were originally releasing it this August. Um, I think, uh, I think it's, it's... All right, so part of the Marvel-Fox deal is that Marvel can't move ahead with certain things until other things are wrapped up. Um I'm not sure how that falls with the new mutants but I do know that that does fall in the case of the Dark Phoenix movie um right. which we do have that coming in like another month or so Uh mm-hmm. I'm wondering if the new mutants movie is getting pushed to April of next year because they had that they had a slot in that timeline for the MCU movies they haven't announced anything yet I'm wondering if they're going to do some some pickup shots, maybe rework the script a little bit and see about making a connection to the greater Marvel universe where we're going to actually start realizing that these X-related characters are within the same universe as the MCU or at least moving towards the universe in which, you know, the MCU is.
3: Uh okay. So you think maybe they're holding up on it just so then they can uh, go ahead and bring the New Mutants possibly into the MCU.
2: Yeah, or again, or at least start introducing the X universe into the MCU. Because like I said, besides Far From Home, they don't they they've got theatrical named movies that they want to do, you know, they want to do a Black Widow movie which they've been talking about for years, but they've got no concrete date. It hasn't even been like put into filming yet or anything like that. Uh, they don't have anything else announced besides Far from Home. Everything's been about the Marvel Plus, you know, which has got a number of series. The Loki series is coming to that. There's a Hawkeye series supposedly coming to that. A Falcon and Winter Soldier series as well as a Wanda and Vision series. Um, Scarlet Witch and Vision. Uh, but that's yeah, all that, Marvel that Plus on their streaming service. service.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. So, oh, so that's what it's gonna be called is the Marvel Plus?
0: Is that well, that's yeah, the, name that's, of the that's Marvel Plus? Sh- oh
2: not Marvel Plus, I'm sorry, Disney Plus. Um, oh okay so, so that that's all gonna be part of that. So and all of these are going to be done by Marvel Studios, which means that they're all going to connect fully to the Marvel universe. So you're talking about having budgets, you're talking about having money, access to like actual filmmakers, real actors, all of that. We're not looking at what we saw with like the even though some of the Netflix stuff was good, that was done by Marvel Television Studios, not Marvel Film Studios. So that's who's taking over for the Disney Plus stuff. Um so we will see what they do there and, and how that has an impact. But, again, they had a slot set up for, I think it was either April or May 2020 for an MCU film. I find it interesting that they moved New Mutants to around that slot and still haven't announced mm. what that movie is going to be. So,
3: But then with these new Marvel series, are you saying that they're going to possibly be able to be tied to the MCU as well?
2: They are gonna be one hundred percent ties. The Loki series is gonna have Hiddleston in it. You know, so we're not talking okay. about not ha we're not talking about not having the actors. I mean we have the actors, the actresses, these are live action films. Uh or you mm-hmm. know, miniseries. There'll be eight yeah, to ten episodes okay. I would guess. Um
0: okay. you know what I actually
2: really am, uh, you know, and I don't like animated stuff, you know that. But what I am yeah. interested in is they are doing a what if animated series, so that I am looking forward to.
0: Seeing. Oh,
3: that was such a fun series. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Really looking forward to
1: that one. Same with X I mean, I know you're not a big fan of animated, but if that's the way they can get it done, do it. Just to get it out there.
2: Now Marvel and Disney are definitely paying us, right? So that's why we're talking about them as much. No, just kidding. <laughs> I think yeah, I think yeah, sure. yeah. That, 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 yeah. That, that's
1: that's totally why we're talking about this. We have to to get our check. We're just
2: we're just big fans to, mm. to all that are listening.
1: Mm. So we are, but, so but,
0: but
3: uh, good Oh, we we'll just do this just real quick, and then we can move on. Is I find that really interesting that Marvel was smart enough to take notes from DC again, once again about what not to do because. Again, DC has all of their television shows Which has huge fan bases But DC is not Will not be willing to move any of those characters Over into any of their MC um, Into any of their cinematic universes
2: Different setup, You know, when you're talking Mm -hmm. about the people that they use it For like the CW and stuff like that Those are like sitcom Slash television actors well, um, I my mean, me and the King have discussed this with like Tom Welling from Smallville and possibly like yeah. have, should they have moved him up to being Superman in the like in like actual theatrical films um,
0: right.
2: that might have been possible for that actor. I don't see how you could take the t v actors that you use for the like the current c w shows and really move them theatrically. You know, as much as I like the Flash in those shows, you know, like I also know that kid from Glee. You know, and like I, I just yeah. I can't separate him from television and actually put him into like an actual film.
1: Okay, no, some
2: some actors don't work that way.
1: Yeah, works mm, well in television, okay. but not uh, theatrically. Um, but we talked about New Mutants. But uh, I don't know if you guys have been following for the past couple of years that they were hinting at a Gambit movie that was going to be released uh, with possibly Channing Tatum playing Gambit and possibly Tatum. even directing. So what happened mm-hmm. is that they have completely God. removed Gambit from the schedule. It's it supposed to be released March 13th of 2020. They've now completely removed it from their shooting schedule. So it is officially mm-hmm. canned uh, until further uh, notice, which I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, I don't think a Gambit <laughs> stand in one movie would have been that great.
3: No, Gambit doesn't have the pool that like he used to, like, you know, t- 10-plus years ago.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, here's
2: the thing. Nobody thought Thor would be a good thing either. Nobody thought Aquaman yeah. would be a good thing. But guess what these actors... No, I guess the ghoul cool girl, she yells from the other room. It wasn't, because Aquaman was pretty bad. But it had <laughs> eye candy. It had eye candy for women. Yes, And yeah, that did. is something I think is a plus, you know, and the same thing can be said for the Thor movies, you know, What, regardless of the mm-hmm. quality of the original Thor, it was definitely a very female friendly film, not to say, okay, all girls want to see rom-coms and stuff like that, but it had all the tropes of what you would put as a woman oriented film. Fish out of water, starry-eyed right. female, big, rippling, muscly guy.
0: Yeah, and yeah, like I like the cool girl in the other room.
2: She doesn't even go for those films, and she's going, fuck yeah! Um, <laughs> you know? So, like,
0: and that's what it did.
2: You know what? And that, that's needed here. You know, in this, if we want the Marvel <laughs> Universe to exist, and we want these films to be out there, we need them to attract a broad audience. You know, not just Geeky white dudes that go to Comic Con dressed in
0: costume.
1: Well, I mean, they, they already had Gambit, though, in that very heavily flawed X Men uh, Wolverine Origins movie.
0: Oh, that and was Tim Riggins.
1: That, that was enough uh, to Gambit for me, though. <laughs> that was enough. I was happy with that. Move on. You know, but like you had said, Duel, I think if they had marketed it right and Shannon Tatum directing and also acting in it, it's eye candy for it's the not women. About they would go.
2: I don't know about that. Man, that guy that. doesn't seem like he's got directorial, directorial chops. But a Gambit <laughs> would definitely, you know, would do well with the ladies. He's a ladies' man. He's the raging Cajun, you know. He's uh, he's getting up in your drawers.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's gonna magic Mike that ass. <laughs> he's gonna go far. Uh, but what do you think, Monkey, about uh, Gannett being called from the schedule
0: completely?
3: I'm perfectly fine with it. Again, you know, like I just told you, it's like, you know, just character-wise, they've not really done anything with him for the past ten years, you know. But the ghoul brings up a good point. If they write the story right, and you know, have Gambit charming like he used to be, you know, extremely, extremely charming, and just, you know,
0: have
3: that have that accent going on, you know, who knows? It could work. <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm not going
2: <laughs> to.
0: <laughs> <It's a little> <laughs> <monstery>. <laughs> I mean, I was surprised that they had the
2: uh, small
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, hey, when I saw X Men Apocalypse, I was surprised that they had Jubilee in it. I was like, oh my god, Jubilee from the animated series? Hell yeah! <laughs> but didn't play a big part.
0: They no. made it happen. <laughs> no, ju- those No,
2: Jubilee. I
1: well, I know she was in the no, comic she, book, but I remember her from the animated series more than the, the comic yeah, book. Yeah, she, she was in the animated
3: I think series. I people remember she, her from.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: But yeah, yeah. She, she started off from the storyline of when the X-Men were in Australia, because everything was in Australia in the 80s.
2: <laughs>
1: so she was Australian? Yeah, what she
2: was busy, well, yeah. no, she was busy roaming around with Wolverine
0: during okay. that
1: time
2: the X Men were in Australia, Jubilee was bouncing around with Wolvie and then from there she ended up uh with the X Men proper for a while. Yeah. they just you know what it is, is they in people enjoyed the Wolverine Kitty Pride storylines. They needed a yeah. character that was gonna be a kid that didn't move over to like the to the proper X Men yet and, you know, being that Wolverine liked to to roam around like a Japanese Ronin half the time too. Giving him a, a an Asian-style character that kind of fit that that role seemed to, to make sense at the time. Mm. Almost like a lone wolf and cub,
1: but a little bit older. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they kind of did that with the movies with uh, Rogue and then with wolfie you know, showing yeah, him yeah. rolling around with her. But yeah, more, but again, that's honest. where it
3: started from, was Rogue and Marie. Oh, no, shit. This, shit. It, okay, got it backwards. All right. <laughs>
0: but,
1: okay. yeah. but it worked. I mean it, right. it made for a good film, I mean it made for a, a good continuation. Um, but yeah, Gambit pulled. So guess we're never gonna see that, which again, like the, the doc I mean the monkey had said not a bad idea. Just to not do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know that uh, there was an article that popped up uh, earlier today showing Scott Speedman, uh the son of uh, uh Clint Eastwood. He was in uh, Wolverine's outfit, the yellow outfit. So they're postulating that maybe he could be the next
0: Wolverine. Scott Speedman? And not Does Scott Speedman. Scott Eastwood? Eastman.
1: Yeah, Scott Eastwood. I'm thinking about Eastwood. the other actor, Scott Speedman. Yeah. But I thought that would be a good idea because I like Scott Eastwood.
0: Uh, so Scott he's gonna take over. Felicity?
1: Yeah, and from The Strangers. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about the wrong <laughs> guy. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, well, if thanks. he's going to take over, I think that would be a good guess. Yeah. Okay.
3: Well, that's interesting that Scott Eastwood, when I remember back in the day, the early days of Wizard and stuff like that, before we were getting any X-Men movies, and they would always have these polls where you would write in and you know, ask you know, who would be your dream cast for this stuff. And I remember so many people saying Clint Eastwood as Wolverine. Just He, he was just always yeah. too tall, but the, but the face
2: was just perfect. Too, and, too and he, tall, not hairy, and not Canadian. <laughs> Okay? Nope. I mean, come on, people. Just because the guy kind of <laughs> has similar facial features, it does not make him the fucking character.
1: <laughs> and when was this Paul taken? This is during his heyday at Clint Eastwood, or is this like Gran Torino, uh, Clint Eastwood? <laughs> no, this
3: no, is, heyday. I'm, I'm talking about, or, no, yeah, yeah, I'm
2: talking about,
3: you know, late
1: 80s, in, early 90s. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not yelling at people to get off his <laughs> no,
3: no, I'm talking about when Wizard first started, early 90s.
1: Okay, well, no, still, so would have been a bad choice. I can't imagine Cole I Eastwood as, as Logan. <laughs> it's, it's so fucking bizarre. You might as well get Seth Allen. He hey, listen, 90s? man,
2: it's, <laughs> it's not like you, Jackman is all that... Far from Clint Eastwood They have similar looks to one another um, mm-hmm. What I'll give you Jackman is the fact that he took it And he ran with it and he got himself yeah. jacked And you know what Clever filmmaking And basically the, the big thing was Eventually they got to the point where they just said You know what Fuck it, it doesn't matter that the character's supposed to be short We're just going to film this How we're going to film this and that's that um, You <laughs> so know I, I'd like I'd like to see what they're going to do when they eventually bring Wolverine in because, again, Marvel, being that they own these characters now, it's, it would be foolhardy for them not to. But I also know they're smart enough to where they're going to take their sweet-ass time, find the perfect person for it, and, and introduce him correctly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what they go. I mean, I know the uh, and I talked about it. Uh, possibilities for a Wolverine movie. Who could possibly be in it? Um, so the possibilities are endless as far as that goes, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle it. I mean, if, if Hugh Jackman wants to come back, he'd be
0: welcome. Uh,
1: definitely. Be, we talked
2: know, about but, how that could work. That would definitely be yeah. an interesting thing.
1: Yeah, we definitely have, and that's a spoiler for Endgame, so I don't really want to talk about that. Uh, but what I do want to bring it in back to the horror fold. Uh, David as Goyer, who penned the Dark Knight uh, film with Christian Bale, which is probably a lot of fans' favorite of the Christopher Nolan films. He also, unfortunately, did Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice. But apparently now he wants to tackle Pinhead. He wants to do what? a reimagining of Hellraiser, updated it <laughs> for the new generation, which is going to be fast-tracked in production because of his love for Clive Barker, his love for the material. He wants to make a completely new Hellraiser film for a new generation. And he feels like he has the oats to write this script and make it worthy. We've had seven or eight different Hellraiser movies, which the last one coming out a couple of years ago. Uh, Hellraiser Judgment, which I think is an actual good movie. Um, but I don't know if we really need more pinhead. I think we've got enough. I think the character needs to retire, just like a lot of these mm-hmm. characters need to. So I wanted to get you guys' perspective about a new Hellraiser reboot.
3: Man, if you, you're such a fan of it, then why don't you try and get Clyde Barker to do it? It's like Why do you think you can do a better job than Clyde Barker
0: Well,
1: Clyde probably doesn't want to do it He just wants to get the checks (laughs) I mean that's my personal opinion He's like, hey, you know what, that's my character But you want to write it, go ahead, I'll just get the checks
3: (laughs) I'm fine, you go ahead and make another movie
1: I'm just going to be over here,
3: keep smoking my cigars
1: (laughs) Make it sexy, make it weird it's a grab, they might be able to do it again. Hell yeah. <laughs> anyway, books of blood, anybody? Books of blood?
3: <laughs> sounded, like, sounded like an old Jewish woman the entire time.
1: God, I love you, Clay Parker. <laughs> <laughs> so great.
0: I mean,
1: not trying to make fun of him too much, but yeah, that's what he sounds like. now. Um, yeah, Monkey, what do you think about uh, Hellraiser reboot?
3: Um, again, it's like I, I got to say, you know, <laughs> leave the legends alone. Make new stuff we we don't need another reimagining of an, another classic. You know, let it lie. <laughs> let them stay in hell and move on. And if you, you think you've got the chops to make a great
1: new horror movie, make an original one instead of tr- trying to resurrect another one from the dead. I'll make a sequel. Just make another Hellraiser movie. Like, Why do you have to reboot the first one? Just make another Hellraiser. That's what they've been doing for the past couple of years. Just making a new one with a new plot and a new script and Pinhead shows up. I think that would be even better than trying to go back to the original like he said in the film and trying to outdo what Clive Barker did. Because the first two were my favorites. Part three is kind of just candy for me. You know, it's one of those guilty pleasures. But those first two are solid, solid films. I just can't imagine doing any better. So what do you think, Gold? Well,
2: I mean, the the problem is, you know, I I, I was thinking the exact same thing that, that you were right there. Where, you know what, just – make another fucking Hellraiser movie. Like, listen, the idea is hell has been around for a really long fucking time.
0: Believe it or not,
2: the recent recent film industry of the last hundred plus years did not invent hell. Um, It has existed throughout many religions, many different styles, you know, I mean, it's prevalent throughout all kinds of things. That being said, problem with the film is that you start throwing out the sequel the the, the sequel wow I'm really fucking Skrinkle. speaking English today, huh? The sequel. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking of nice. chipmunks. You start throwing out the sequel <laughs> word and it turns yeah. people off. Especially when you consider that if you were to take this and say, Hey, this is a sequel a sequel to Hellraiser we're on like the tenth or eleventh sequel at this point. Um yeah. That's that's not going to connect well. So I mean, if they want to do it and they want to maybe go the whole reinvention route of uh, this is the sequel to the second movie, or yeah, I, I would like to see them explore Hellraiser and maybe the Cenobites, but maybe let's see it through a different religious perspective. I know they've always Ooh. stayed away from being specifically Christian. But it always felt like that was the iconography that they were going for with it. And again, using the words Hellraiser, um, kind of always felt like it connected it to that.
0: Let's see it yeah. from
2: other areas. You know, let's see Hellraiser maybe from like the guys of like Japanese style. You know, demons instead, and see where we have that because in that culture, demons weren't always bad. They could be seen from either way. They kind of existed as spirits more than anything else, so I don't know. Just me throwing
1: out nonsense,
3: man. E- <laughs> no, that's an interesting point, man.
1: I dig it. Yeah, the monkeys has got the hard on for the Japanese stuff. What do you think about that?
3: <laughs> yeah, you know how I am, man. <laughs> if it's Japanese, I gotta check it out. But yeah, uh, but <laughs> the idea of also maybe going away from to go with what the ghoul's saying And maybe go away from an all-white cast Would also be a new interesting spin on it as well
1: A new ethnicity, basically You know, not just white, maybe Hispanic, maybe Japanese, black I mean, it can work uh, You know, in a different kind of I mean, Would a
2: black pinhead just simply be a blackhead?
1: <laughs> oh. Yeah, that would be kind of weird I mean you know, Jordan Peele, maybe he's got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> he might have something up his sleeve. Um to, <laughs> to know what hell is in it? But mm. I don't know. Like we had talked about, I mean I would much rather just be a sequel um to that movie, you know, but we'll see what David S. Guerrier comes up with because he's a competent writer and he knows how to deliver a good product. It's just a matter of how well it could translate into the horror realm.
2: He was realm. what the writer of Blade Two.
1: Yes, he was.
0: <coughs> My favorite of Blade movies,
1: movies. So. Oh yeah, I was gonna say it's the superior film of that series. Of all three of those films, I think Blade Two is the best. Guillermo yeah, del Toro directed. Well, I also, it the well you
2: got tell Del Toro's direction. I also think the studio threw more money into it. I feel like if the studio gave the original Blade film the same amount of money that they gave the second one, along with the same amount of production talent, I think that first movie could have been the stronger films. But That first film was great. Performances were fairly good. Its ending is what killed it, because when What's-His-Name turned into that fucking horrible CGI blood creature, it was like...
0: Yeah, a mess.
1: Yeah, it was kinda of bad. But overall the movie was good. That's the thing. Overall the movie's good, yeah. but it has its moments where it's flawed. Mm-hmm. I'll take it
2: That's also where I know Goyer's name, man. You know, he dealt with all the Dark Knight stuff and Man of Steel, but he also directed Blade <laughs> Trinity. So you know what? I uh <laughs> Yeah. I don't know, Did man. Stay away Blade? from it please. Oh.
0: He, he he directed
2: it, Trinity dude.
0: Come on uh, man. <laughs>
1: That poor Try. movie. Never had a chance. Yes. Triple H and Ryan Reynolds and Jessica Biel couldn't save that movie. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> they didn't need to. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, it's just uh, bad all around. But, uh, uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about before we get into the movie tonight is that Bruce Campbell uh, on Monday went on his Twitter page, posted a stylized illustration of Ash and said September. That was it. So it led people speculating as to what the fuck he was talking about. Like, he retired the character. You're not going to play him anymore. So what the fuck is this? And he said nothing about it. He was quiet about it, just not mentioning anything You're about it. believe about. it or not. <laughs> yeah. So people were thinking that it could be an Evil Dead video game, which he said he's going to be a part of soon enough. Uh, he's going to be a part of the DLC for Mortal Kombat 11. So Ash is going to be a character in that game. So a lot of people were kind of speculating what it was. Uh So people were like, well, what the hell are you talking about, Bruce? we got to find out. So today he officially announced that he's going to be re-releasing his autobiography, Confessions of a B-Movie Actor, Hail to the Chin, the Requiem for Ash edition, which is going to have an updated appendix all about further exploits of him playing Ash, uh, the European book tour that he's going on soon. So it's going to be a whole new autobiography called the Requiem for Ash edition. I got a hand it to Bruce. He's gonna milk that Ash character as far as he can. And I love him for it. <laughs> uh, well,
2: well, sorry.
3: If anything, I've if got I, nothing. Well, maybe he, he'll do another book tour, and King and I can maybe swing by
1: this time. <laughs> Would love to. I mean, that, the book is going to drop on September seventeenth of this year. Uh, I'm definitely am going to buy that book because uh, I bought the the monkey. The Hail to the Chin: Concessions of the Movie Actor book, um, and he loved it because it's such a great book. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely will get the addendum, the Requiem for Ash edition. Because anything that Bruce Campbell releases, I'm going to be in line for, just because I'm a shill for him. I will put out money for anything Bruce Campbell does, just the way I am. Yeah, <laughs> love the guy. I cannot wait to.
3: Yeah, it's just a uh, you know, anything that he puts out, is like I at least have to check it out and be like, oh, Bruce, you, <laughs> you cheesy little thing.
1: Oh, here's my money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he managed to get people invested in what he was doing. Like, September, what's September? What are you doing, Ash? What are you doing? He's like, yeah, oh, time and time. I'm going to let you guys sit down <laughs> it for a little while and get nervous and wonder what I'm doing because I'm not doing another Evil Dead movie, that's for sure, because I retired the character. Although I think, you know, money talks with him. I think if they gave him enough money to do another Evil Dead movie, I think he would go back and do it, or at least another special or some kind. I know people were talking about Evil Dead with Mia from the remake. They might have Ash and Mia in kind of a mashup film. So I don't necessarily think he's hung up the chainsaw for good. I think he might come back for another one if the money's right and if he feels like it's the right time to do it. Yeah. Yeah, he likes those features.
0: Daddy, that <laughs> is
1: that right. You know, those Oregon taxes aren't gonna pay for themselves.
0: <laughs> okay. So that old- said, <laughs>
1: I wanna get into the movie tonight with the serial mom directed by John Waters, nineteen ninety four. Uh this is the Mad Monkeys pick, so why don't you get into it? Uh what's this movie about, why did you pick it, and we'll kick it off from there.
3: Oh right. Yep. Serial Mom is a lovely dark comedy written and directed by the infamous John Waters with a wonderful performance by Kathleen Turner, sexy voice of Jessica Rabbit. Um, This is the story of Beverly Sutton, a A (laughs) picture-perfect version of the all-American housewife. She's married to a successful dentist and has two wonderful children who love her to death. She takes pride in keeping her perfect little world, well, perfect. But Beverly does have a dark side. Wow, Beverly can hold <laughs> Beverly can hold a grudge, and it doesn't matter whether you cut her off in traffic, don't recycle, don't wear your seatbelt, or even wear white shoes after Labor Day. If you even bother to smudge, get a smudge on her perfect little world, even just a little bit, serial mom will find you. So I picked this film because I've been waiting a long time to bring this one onto the show. Um, <laughs> And when my pick came up, that it was right before Mother's Day, I had to go with it. Um, this was the very first John Waters movie that I'd ever seen. I saw oh. when it first came um, I oh. Yeah, I saw this when it first came out on VHS. I immediately fell in love with it, had to buy a copy of it, uh, have a copy on DVD. Um, I think this is a gr- great dark comedy that's just full of camp and nonsense and has a lot of fun picking on suburban life. While also telling a very lighthearted version of the story, like we like to say, about Summer of 84, you never really know who's living next door.
1: Good point. All right. Uh, cool. What do you think about cereal, Mom?
2: Uh, first, if I can, I do want to uh, – uh, we failed to mention something during news that I did want to bring up. Uh, for tomorrow, for people that have been waiting, the official trailer drops for It Chapter 2.
0: Um, oh, that's right. Enjoy.
2: Mean. Enjoy. I know I'm looking forward to that. And uh and yeah, so i d I'm not sure what time. Uh, but I'm sure you'll find it on the tubes of you and, and all of those wonderful internet places that you find things like that. Uh, um you know, that being said, this was not the first John Waters film I had ever seen. Um, though this is the first time I am seeing this one. That distinction would go towards Crybaby, a uh what in my yeah, opinion is yeah. a much superior film to this one. Uh mm-hmm.
0: This was yeah.
2: This is a tough one, monkey. You know, I love you, I really do. But this was this was <laughs> this is a hard slog, bro. Ah.
3: Oh man, I have a great time with this movie. I really do love it. But okay, King, what do you think of Serial Mom? <laughs>
1: uh, much like the 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 ghoul had said, this isn't my first John Waters film. Uh, my first John Waters film was Pink Flamingos with the wonderful Divine. Uh, It was sick, depraved, everything that I hoped it would be because I'd heard about it for a long time. Uh, Then I saw Crybaby, uh, like the Gould said. And I think Crybaby is the perfect film, uh, like you had talked about, Monkey. If you want to introduce somebody to John Waters, if you're not sure what they're going to be able to handle, I think Crybaby is the perfect film to go into because it's just the right amount of camp. It's not too weird, but it's got that great aesthetic uh, with Johnny Depp in the lead. uh, And it's just a lot of fun. Uh, Serial Mom, like I told you, Monkey, I have not seen since the 90s. I watched it a couple times on VHS, never went back to it. Uh, not to mean that it's a bad movie necessarily, it's just one of those movies where it's just it's, it's passable. Um, you know, it's, it's a fun little movie. It's a good John Waters movie, but it's not his best. Um, but it still has its elements that are fun, uh, where he could put the dark comedy spin on a horror film. And still, kind of make uh, it walking that line of horror film versus a dark comedy.
0: Yeah, I, I
2: should throw I up the picture again. of Ghoul Girl with John Waters.
1: Oh, you met him? oh I'm jealous. Well, we wrote. We actually voted, We we,
2: ra- we wrote an elevator with him at the one horror con.
1: That's and... right. Let me tell me about that now.
2: Oh, and, man. like, you know, it's Sean Waters, I felt like, you know, I don't know, I was like, yeah, I felt, I figured the guy didn't want to be bothered, you know, besides acknowledging that, obviously, I knew who he was, um, you know, for that, I left him alone, you know, he was getting ready to check out and all that stuff, and so, I, as soon as, like, we got out of the elevator, I kind of, like, scampered off. And the cool girl just doing what the cool girl does. She was just chatting it up with them And then she's like, hey, can I get a picture with you? And yeah, he was all down. And she actually wanted to, him to take a picture with me. But, like, I literally ran out the door, man. I was like, yeah, I'm out.
0: <laughs> wow. so should He
1: could have gotten a picture with John Waters.
0: That would have been great.
1: I mean, I'm sure yeah. he wasn't fine with it. He seems like that type of guy you know, that just wouldn't mind.
0: Yeah, again,
2: like hey. I said, I, I have that weird... Thing with like I don't know With celebrities of that nature It's just uh, I know that they're the types That get bothered by people All the time For oh, stuff yeah. like yeah. that And I just never want to be yeah. Somebody that bothers Somebody like that I have right. respect for I mean, the guy he, You know like I may not love he, all of his work But I do have respect For what he does And what he's brought to films
3: he, he also does Straighten me as the kind of person That would just love Getting any attention he can get I don't yeah. think, I, just hit, you know it seems like he he seems like he would love being the center of attention um because I watched um <clears throat> I don't know if you guys saw it but he had a special of, of a one man show that's just him on stage talking about his um film making career and just the stories that was telling and it's a great movie to watch of just watching him just uh, up on stage talking about, you know, having fun making movies.
1: Yeah. No, I haven't seen that. I did read a book that he released a couple years ago. I can't remember what it was called. I think it was called Sicko, uh, where he basically hitchhiked from Baltimore to Los Angeles, and him just riding with different people and getting interactions with different people. Some of them were fans. Some of them weren't. Uh, Just kind of a good essay uh, of, of his adventures, kind of like a Jack Kerouac sort of thing. Um, Fantastic, oh, okay. But yeah, he always <laughs> struck me as the type of guy, like he was you said, know, Muggy. If you saw him on the street and you said, John Waters, I love you. He's like, I love you too. Like, let's talk. Like, you know? <laughs> let's,
0: let's Which one of my movies do you that? like? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but with Serial Mom, what I thought that John Waters got right with the movie is that he does a very kind of David Lynch thing here with the movie, where he shows you the kind of beaver cleaver 1950s aesthetic of a perfect American family uh, with Matthew Lillard playing Chip with Ricky Lake playing Misty Sam Waterston playing Eugene her husband it's all kind of Americana you know at its best but there's a, a dirty kind of layer to it where if you piss her off she will kill you um, she could murder you then have dinner on the table by five yeah, and that's uh, the kind of thing that I took away from it um, you know especially with Matthew Lillard this is his first film and kind of seeing him in this movie, I liked him. I mean, I know uh, Goo, you've met him, so to see him in this movie, it was like, oh, it's <laughs> refreshing because he not be lowered in the Met
0: yeah.
2: He, he was a cool, cool dude, man. Like there, there was a guy that was fun, man. It was a fucking trip. Um,
0: yeah, you know what? He's I don't know if I
2: cool. Like again, I think this is one of those subversive films where these things are kind of like layered and hidden in there like yeah maybe on the outside this whole thing looks like the perfect American family but like deep and layered in there is if you look at Matthew Lillard's character he's completely obsessed with horror films it's almost like a disturbing level um, like me, you know Ricky yeah, Lake's character, besides <laughs> being a heavy-set character, she's also very clingy. You know, she's always falling in love with every single guy that even like looks at her. You know, she's got the oh, top yeah. coming in. She's busy making eyes at him. There's the boyfriend, supposed boyfriend character. You know. She's all goo goo gaga for him, and so forth and so forth. So, there is a lot of dysfunction going on within this family. It's just that oh, yeah. it's it's hidden well by making them look so perfect and so Beaver Cleaver. The dad obviously is completely, you know, oblivious to everything going on around
1: him. <laughs> Which it work for me, his character. Just being completely just oblivious to everything going on completely aloof. You know, the the great scene of them having sex that one night, where she's just completely just powerlifting him. And he's like, oh my God, oh my God, like, the kids are going to hear. She's like, I don't give a shit. And, you know, Matthew Willard <laughs> and Ricky Wake are looking at each other like, oh God. <laughs> Dad's being raped. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but hearing your parents go at it is never a, a pleasant thing. You know, I know I... Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember on one particular evening while living in Staten Island, I got had gotten out of bed to go to the bathroom, and as I passed by the living room and happened to hear certain noises, I look, and there's, uh, yeah, there was stuff going on that, no kid should oh ever have uh, to fucking see. Yeah, like, full-on no. visual oh, uh, shit, man, like, yeah, not good, not good. No, 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 no. you don't get over that kind of shit, dude, it fucks you up for your life.
1: Yeah, you don't. <laughs> and I love the fact that John Waters included it in the film. <laughs> you know, it's something that you never come back from. It doesn't matter who you are. No. you just, are changed. It's, oh, just...
2: it's one thing to hear it. At least he didn't show them. At least the kids didn't have to see it. You know, like that, that, that. Yeah.
0: No. No. Close your doors. Lock
2: your doors. Don't do it in the living room, people. Please. Not when you got kids that can wander out. At least drug yeah. them.
1: You know what I mean? At least <laughs> drug them
2: right. You're good. Yeah. That's what. But. That's what
3: Benadryl's for,
0: people.
3: <laughs>
1: that's
0: right, yeah. Yes. Mommy, did you yes. want to get some <laughs> um, yep. uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, Time attack. Time attack, yep. Oh, Mom, time shit, man. <laughs> yeah. so speaking about happening. Ricky Lake, yeah, good.
2: you know, Ricky Lake's one of those, those actresses. I remember I was talking to the ghoul, obviously I remember. I was talking to the ghoul girl about it last night. I say it like this was so long ago oh. and far away. Um... <laughs> yeah. You know she's one of those actresses that I feel Was better looking when she had The weight on her I agree Um, agree. She's got a very cute Pretty face that when she lost All that weight I feel like she Lost a big I hate to say the word chunk Of that look Um (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't know how else to, to really say it, you know. But it's it, it is a shame because I thought she was very cute and this, and even crybaby to a degree, unless she was pregnant in that.
1: And hairspray. I mean, I thought I loved her in hairspray. I thought she looked great mm-hmm. in that movie. You know, and that was when she was heavier. So yeah, I mean, but Ricky Lake, she had that really cute face. You know, just kind of chubby, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I mean, she could attract a bunch of boys. Um, you know, with the the, the cop. Uh, the, the photographer at the end, you have Carl Paget that she attracts, you know so, I mean, she can get around <laughs> you know, she can round the bases with all these guys, you know and, and clean up, but that's like, going back to what the, the had said about this family like they all have their different dysfunctions Chip being obsessed with horror films working in a video store where they watch horror movies all day long, like Straight Jacket and Blood Feast and Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, it's kind of like the prototype for Randy Meeks in scream.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: Absolutely. Like, I yeah. seriously feel like, like, yeah, Wes Craven watched this movie, saw this performance, and was like, hey, listen, I like what you did in that. I want you to channel that again, but this time, we're going to actually
0: have you kill people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was great, you know, and uh, just seeing him working in this video store, having all the knowledge of the horror films, his girlfriend wearing the Jughead hat, which I kind of like, because that's another 50s aesthetic from the original Archie comics. but Yeah, he he did, did such a great job. And then the fact that uh, Beverly plays off of that in the one scene where she tells uh, his girlfriend and Scotty, played by Justin Whalen from Child Play 3, to leave the room. She's like, oh, is this where the tongue gets cut out? Like, yeah, let's rewind that. Let's <laughs> watch that. <laughs> the heart, <laughs> I yeah. Kind of, uh, yeah.
2: I want to see where the heart gets ripped out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so She has that kind of, of, of darkness to her, too. Even though you know she's a killer, she doesn't stop Chip from watching horror films. You know, it's just a fun thing that Chip likes new, and she kind of supports it, which I like. You know, Support your kids yeah. liking horror <laughs> they,
2: the parents definitely love their children. That is, that is definitely seen. And uh, and Chip's buddy, you know, Justin Whalen. I just love the fact that he's getting all fucking God, nasty and <laughs> sick over the uh, over the horror film. But you know, he's got his porn out all the time, man. All the time. Watching Chestin
1: <laughs> Morgan films of all films, the Doris Wishman films. That's what he's getting I, off to.
2: I feel like John Waters like knew me or knew a relative of mine, man, because this kid really reminded me of myself at a
1: at a younger age. <laughs> John Waters is standing outside yeah. your room.
2: <laughs> <Chester's> <laughs> out. T- 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 taking notes outside of your window.
0: <laughs>
2: like, holy shit, how does this kid jerk off this much? Doesn't he ever not watch porn? You know what, man? Hell, I say it like as a kid. You know what? It's not all that far from like the truth today. It doesn't matter how much sex I actually get from the cool girl, I still fucking you know, if I get that alone time it's like a your
0: wow wow. I love I love um, me some but- me. Yeah, gotta watch it.
1: Um, I do love the fact that Beverly, you know, she fucks with her neighbor, uh, making the phone calls to her. You
0: "You fucking pussy! You fucking pussy! Like, you
1: know, oh my god, you're such a dirty mouth! Like, you know, then when she goes over later and says, "Oh, those are beautiful flowers. What are they?" Pussy willows. Pussy willows. (laughs) Just fucking Uh. with her neighbors. Mr. Stubbins, the teacher that wants to talk to her about Chip. She ends up running him over with a car. I was like, Yeah, okay. This is about the event of
3: no, kids. No, but she no, but she runs him over the car just because the teacher suggests that Chip could be possibly, you know, mental and have issues because right. he's all about exactly. these horror movies and always drawing scary pictures, you know, and he's possibly disturbed. But the disturbing that I said,
0: images. Is, is there were.
3: Yeah. They, yeah, but that, that's Yeah, but that's also shit that I drew in high school too. You know, (laughs) all all of us Uh, are. You're not helping
2: anybody here,
0: monkey. This this is (laughs) true. Okay,
3: no. Walk back. But I think though that things started to escalate for her and switch gears on her when he bothered to sit there and ask, "Were things okay at home? Is there a problem at home?" Therefore, questioning, you know, what her. With her perfect little world, and maybe it's not perfect in someone else's eyes, so now she's taking offense to it, and this is when things start to become fun.
1: <laughs> right, and when she back and, open with the car without any and, question, and then going home, and you like, all right, got the dinner on the table, you <laughs> know, let's eat, everything's fine, you know, kind of snapping back into the, the all-American housewife and, and mother again, uh, which I kind of like. Nice. You know, she could turn it on and off, and right. it was great. Ahead, yeah,
3: but now, I wanted to ask you guys, do you think this was, like, maybe her first kill, or you want to think maybe she's been doing this for a while?
1: No, I think she's been doing it for a while. I don't think this is her first rodeo.
3: See, because I took it as this was her first time doing this, and that's why she was so excited and was, like, all over <laughs> the dentist at that night, because she was so excited and felt alive from doing this. And that's why I was thinking this was her very first time doing this.
1: It's a good argument. Yeah.
2: Uh, no, I agree with the monkey on this. I don't think she was killing anybody prior to this. I think she'd want – maybe she wanted to. She obviously had been reading all these serial killer things. She had a fascination with it. She just wasn't going through with it. you got to figure – again, this is such a small town. It's not like they just moved there. Um, right. You know, the 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 few deaths that start happening – during the time that we're watching this movie are making a big deal uh, or made a big deal of so I would think that if there were killings going on prior you know obviously this, this film would have started much differently
0: yeah, because
1: the cops whole reason for being here in the first place was because of the obscene phone calls and they just yeah. wanted to find out what they were happening so it would have been an interesting dynamic if they had it be that it was somebody that was found dead they don't know why, and that's why they want to investigate. But instead, it's the obscene phone calls that the neighbor is getting, well, and you clearly see Beverly is the one that's spearheading this campaign against well, this woman, well, you know.
3: <laughs> well, it's not just obscene phone calls; it's also uh, nat- nasty letters that are being sent, in um, <laughs> you know, serial killer type thing with all the letters cut out and put all right the thing. And 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 here, and here Beverly's smart because she's using magazine from other people's. <laughs> magazines and d- digging through, Digging through their recyclables <laughs> And getting their magazines And using them to make their t- serial killer Letters that she sends off she To her annoying neighbor
0: pussy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Especially because Rosemary doesn't recycle That's a big problem <laughs> She doesn't recycle her goods um, But what the ghoul had said About her being obsessed with serial killers That was one of my favorite scenes in the movie Is when Sam Watterson finds underneath the bed Pictures from Richard Speck, who killed a bunch of nurses back in the 60s. He sent her an autographed picture of him in a Speedo. That's <laughs> saying, Love you, Beverly. Then he pops the tape in, and it's, it's actually John Waters as Ted Bundy. Think, saying, Beverly, I'm on death row. I'm very lonely without you.
0: And uh, I just wanted to say,
1: <laughs> I love you, and, and I'm very lonely. And he's like, Oh my God, my wife loves serial killers. <laughs> it's just amazing the fact that. <laughs> It all goes back to Ted Bundy. We talked about at the top of the show. Ted Bundy makes an appearance in this movie. See? And
3: that's the I Played life.
2: by Zach Efron. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
3: Voiced by
1: John Waters. Um, but, but, yeah, it's, it's the whole thing of Eugene kind of not knowing what to do with the material of, of why his, his wife is the way that she is. And he's just kind of putting it in the background of, like, I don't know, this is disturbing, but I love my wife. I'm going to stand by her. And... <laughs> Even when all the police are investigating her, it's fine. Uh, you know, I, I love Sam Waterston. Like, he's just a complete aloof character that he is in the entire film.
3: Yeah, but but he was also just playing the classic, you know, sitcom father here where, you know, the, the mother's the one who really knows what's going on in the family. She's the one that, you know, binds with the kids because she's the housewife. You know, the dad sh- right. just shows up at the end of the day. Hello, dear. Here's a, here's a kiss. Where's my dinner? You know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, she has on the table. Um, I do like the scene in the uh, the auction where Carl Pageant broke up with Misty, and Serial Mom's not having any of that, so she's going to get her revenge. Yeah. yeah, Rosemary buying for some reason the poker.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm
1: switch the price tag and buy this poker. Break up it's with her at all? Character. He was
2: never dating her. You know? He yeah. just, uh he was kind of tooling her around a little bit. Don't get me wrong, but you know, they, he specifically at one point, you know, they're not dating. He wants her to lose weight, then they'll date her. Right. I'm not saying the guy's right. nice. Yeah. I'm just saying the guy at least he's <laughs> honest. You know.
0: Well, he got yeah. Tracy Lords. Yes. So I mean, yeah, yes. he a little bit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he got uh, bubbles. We know.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, and just Tracy Lords being Tracy Lords. He like like she was in crybaby. I fucking loved it. <laughs> yeah, I love Tracy
1: Wars. I mean, she's such a good actress. I mean, never I mean, aside from the adult material she did. I think she's a good actress. And I love seeing her. I got, got no pro- I got
2: no problem with the adult material that she did. And yes, I know she was sixteen at the time that she decided yeah. to start it and all this and that. You know what? I've watched it. She was hot. I don't blame them for not questioning. You know, the girl looked fucking well over the age of sixteen. Um, regardless. Children and porn, not good don't agree with it. I'm glad it doesn't happen anymore. At least I hope
0: it doesn't happen, and that's uh, But she's just
1: a good actress in general, so I kind of like seeing her doing a cameo in this movie. especially since She's, like fun, that she's um, Really great. I loved uh, Carl Patrick's death because you get that little bit of gore at the end of the poker, like his liver sticking on the end of the poker. And she's like, oh, God, ugh, Like, you know, and trying to get the piece of the liver off of the poker. And just bringing it back coated in blood, just putting it underneath the the uh, table, and, no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, it's not. <laughs> yeah, but you know, just watching her having to deal with a kill and the awkwardness of what goes on afterwards, and just her still trying to stay, you know, prim and proper, <laughs> in you know, to, total housewife mode. <laughs>
0: just, just yeah, Rosemary made...
1: finds a poker coated in blood, and she's like, "Well, that's not good." <laughs>
0: it's like, <"Yeah>,
1: no. <laughs> The murder fucking weapon. It's <laughs> not just blood,
0: it's gore. Yeah, it's
1: gore. Because mm-hmm. they, they find him dead. And she's, I love the fact that she flushes the toilet, too, after she kills Carl. <laughs> of
0: course, <laughs> so can't can have that sitting
2: in there.
0: No, she's got clean disgusting. <laughs> yes.
3: Right, but while all this going, is going on, we have a peeping Tom that's been hanging out in the bathroom the entire time. Don't forget that. Mr. Pickles. <laughs> mm, <laughs>
0: what a naughty fella. He yeah,
1: quite the naughty fellow, <laughs> Marvin Pickles, who shows up later in the movie in the trial. Um, he writes on yeah. the
3: bathroom stall
1: walls. <laughs> he, he just has that. Yeah, ability. He,
2: he is a defiler of the bathrooms as well as ladies' privacy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I like the fact that because this is the problem that I had uh, with with this movie at a certain point, is that Scotty. Like we talked about, played by Justin Whalen. He's friends with Chip. He kind of thinks it's a joke that Beverly is accused of being a killer. And he's like, oh, you're the killer. And she's like, what? Like, knowing that he might be on to her. But he's like, ah, I'm I'm having fun. I'm laughing. Because he takes this turn where all of a sudden now he's terrified of her. And I didn't really kind of understand where that turn came from because I thought that he would still remain the same character he was.
3: But that turn didn't happen until they actually officially named Beverly as the prime suspect. That, and after they named her as the prime suspect, then you had the turn. Okay? I and just
1: don't get it. I don't get it. Well, I mean, again, that's the problem I had. Yeah, because if, if somebody's named, if, you know, Monkey, <laughs> if you killed somebody and like, he's the prime suspect, I wouldn't be like, I'm so afraid of you. Get away from me, Monkey. I'd be like, no. Maybe they're wrong. Like, you know, let's see I mean, what happened, Like you know? Oh, well, I what, mean, what's he's this?
0: a kid. And yeah. Really and
1: that. Give him a little Kids, bit of leeway
0: talking, on that.
3: Yeah. And we're talking small, small-town suburbs, okay? And who knows what his parents told him because his parents were, you know, keeping him right there when they go to church. His parents are keeping him close by. So, you know, who knows what they told him, you know? So, and it is Kathleen yeah, Turner. Like
1: you know, she's going kind of <laughs> yeah. to somebody up. Hello there. She did <laughs> in Body Heat. Oh man, she did. Was John what Hitch? was
2: she, well, what what yeah. that's a good question. What was your first experience with Kathleen Turner?
1: Body Heat
2: Ro- Romancing the Stones.
1: Wow, okay. Yeah, mine was Body Heat. You know. <laughs> yeah, my mine, mine was mine was Romancing the Stones. <laughs> Which is a good movie. You know, I mean, no, way. and
3: and I did and I did not see Body Heat until like five years ago, and it's, watching that movie, it was just one of those movies where all all while watching The Jewel of the Nile, Romancing the Stone, those movies like I I was like, man, you know, it'd be great if I could see your tits in it, and I finally get to see them in Body Heat, and I was like, okay, you can put them away now. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. down.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: I'm yeah. pretty
2: sure I've never seen Body Heat. Um, you you would remember it if you saw it. First <laughs> experience with her is one of two films, and I'm not sure. I think I think my first experience was Romancing the Stone, but I my I. The other one that it could possibly be, I don't remember if I saw Romancing the Stone in theaters. I know that I saw Prizzy's Honor in the movie theaters. And that is kind of where I remember the first time ever seeing, you know, her, especially because of the end of that movie in which she's shooting him, he's throwing the knife at her. And again, that was like 1985. I
0: was
2: six, you know, seven years old, maybe. Like, seeing that kind of shit, you know, there's another one of those Aunt Jackie movies, you know, she wanted to see it, and I just got stuck stuck going along with her, and, uh, yeah, that ending was just kind of like, holy fuck, they killed each other, that's weird.
1: That's a weird movie that kind of get stuck on as a kid, Prisby's Honor,
0: <laughs> you know,
1: such a bizarre ending to that film, um, but, yeah, so, I mean, Body Heat is known for that one moment where John Hurt is just so obsessed with Captain Turner but he breaks into her house just so he can fuck her. Like I mean, if that's the one scene that you remember from Body Heat. That's the scene. And yeah. She's just like, oh my god, he has to take me right now. And it's like yeah, he is. Oh, John Hurt. <laughs> yeah, know.
3: he's he's so fucking horny
2: and worked up. And he just got a... John Hurt.
1: <laughs> yeah, I believe that was it was uh, William Hurt. I'm sorry, William Hurt, not John Hurt. It was William Hurt. That William was Hurt,
2: body. like Thunderbolt Ross. William Hurt. Yes. Like, from the Hulk yeah. and the Avengers and yeah. all that stuff? Yeah. 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 I never yeah. want yeah. to see that man having sex with anybody.
1: <laughs> well, you do. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. I, he, I mixed it up. It's not John Hurt. It's William Hurt. But, yeah. no, oh, you get to see yeah. it. Yeah. You get to see a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. he's
3: got a really good John, John Hurt would be scary. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. It's, it's not much better with William Hurt, but still, good movie. <laughs> Especially when you're a kid and you're like, wow, this is hot. <laughs> you know, it's. <laughs> yeah, no. We're not going this. This isn't very good, but um, I do like the fact that she goes to the the house in uh, Serial Mom, of uh, the, the patient of Eugene, who had the uh, the tooth thing drilled, and that's where she's going to kill them. They think that she's going to Scotty's house. So you have uh, Eugene and Misty and Chip rushing to Scotty's house. But in the meantime, she's killing these couples. Scotty
0: doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. <laughs>
1: I love the fact that yeah. her husband has that fucking huge pie in front of him at the end, and he's just going in for a second piece. He's like, are you coming to bed? I'm feeling frisk. He's like, in a minute. I got another piece of pie. I'm like, god damn. <laughs> Don't blame me. That was a good-looking
0: pie. <laughs> it can wait.
3: But we have some fun, you know, again, we have some fun here, and w- this is where we get, get the title, I mean, the, the cover shot of the movie is because, uh, you know, as the wife is the digging sisters? through the closet, be- because she wants to find something sexy to wear, you know, because <laughs> she wants to get her freak on. You know, there's Kathleen Turner just smiling and holding the scissors, you know.
2: <laughs> I wonder if
3: that's
1: where the, the
2: fuck for, did the uh, rat come from?
1: Which is so weird, yeah. I think there's a rat in here, and all of a sudden you actually see a fucking rat, and it's a big fucking one. Like, that's not a little mouse.
2: That's a fucking full-on rat. (laughs) Well, yeah, you see the box moving, and, like, I'm wondering how the box is moving to begin with. Because, you know, you don't see Kathleen Turner's foot or anything like that. And he specifically calls out saying that they paid the fucking
0: exterminator, so there shouldn't be any rats. And then Kathleen Turner pops out, and I'm like, oh, okay, there was no rat. And then there's this rat chewing on the lady's leg. (laughs) I don't (laughs) know, dude. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it was such a bizarre scene, but then she gets killed. And then when the husband goes to investigate, she's throwing that fucking knife with expert, the scissors with expertise and timing. Can't <laughs> get him, though. So he runs out of the house and she kills him with an air conditioner. I love the air conditioner. <laughs> as a weapon. Just, yep,
2: yeah, just fucking. As an HVAC <laughs> guy, it, there's so girl. many people I've wanted to do this to.
1: <laughs> I believe it.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: and, and like me talked about, there's the. Uh, the church scene where the cops come in and they're, they're going to arrest her.
0: No, no, wait!
3: You got to back up. You got to back up first because this is when we get introduced to the ghoul in his element. Because while that's going on, you know, the rest
1: of the family. Uh, Scotty's jerking off. Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of talked about that though with his obnoxious <laughs> jerking off. Like, I'm sorry, nobody's jerking off like that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Not so even me. No, yeah.
1: nobody's being that theatrical with they're jerking off on I'm fucking tender. See, Yeah, You're ripping wrong your watching, dick
3: off Because while watching this I'm just like, geez, I wonder if this is how The ghoul is when he goes all tantric with himself you know? No <laughs> Not even,
1: like, no You're <laughs>
3: all defensive, like, you know
1: <laughs> Because you can't do that Like, he was like, tearing his dick off He had no lube, he had nothing He was just fucking tanking his fucking dick During the scene watching the opening credits to a Doris Wishman movie with Chesty Morgan. I'm like, you didn't even get to the fucking movie yet. Like, you're in the opening (laughs) credits, and you're railing on that fucking cop. Come on, dude. At least make it to the opening scene.
3: (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, then we have Misty and Chip and Dad come running in, and then the cops come running in because they were following them, you know, so we have that lovely, uncomfortable moment of Scotty just being extremely upset.
1: (laughs) Well, because he came at the exact same time when they came in. So that would be great if you didn't eye contact with all of them as he came in. And, um, <laughs> right. You but, now,
3: the, <laughs> but now this Sunday, the police are determined that they're definitely not going to let her go, are they? we got to get this I'm, bitch. They <laughs> they're going to get this yeah. bitch.
1: <laughs> in the church. You know, and when Beverly sneezes and everybody fucking freaks out, and they run it's out of the it's church. It's and Chip is taking her it over to the video store it's great because he's yeah. like oh, I got your mom yeah. and she's like do you think you need a lawyer he goes i think you need an agent <laughs> <laughs> cuz he's going to capitalize on this and then it's true like you know what hey listen we're in the 90s we're in that serial killer trading card era you're going to need an agent <laughs> like we can make yeah,
3: a movie yeah you know yeah we're you know we we are now in Jerry Springer time yeah, Moripovich all of that you <laughs> know yeah
0: <laughs> Jerry, Jerry,
1: Jerry. <laughs> Richard Bay for those on the East Coast.
3: Now what 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 who was the Richard Bay character again?
1: He was the guy that did a show on in Jersey on uh, WPIX and it was like a parody of Jerry Springer. Where he invited skinheads on, he invited Satanists and strippers and porn stars, and it was like a parody of why Harry that's Springer. what
2: Jerry Springer did. He didn't need to parody that. That's what he actually did,
1: and he did it better. Like it was funnier than Jerry Springer. Like I loved Richard Bay when he was on back in the day, because he just he, it. Like, he made even it even more day. cartoonish. <laughs> like he had he had like games during the episode, like with audience participation. Like it was just amazing what Richard Bay did, It kind of parody of what Jerry Springer was doing. But yes. They hide Beverly at the video store and knife Easter egg to see the zombie VHS cover art. I hear the name
2: Beverly. <laughs> I just think Howard the Duck.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Beverly. <laughs> what so is yeah, it the that we're going to be back. doing
2: here in Cleveland?
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: but, yeah,
3: as Chip's trying to open up the store, you know, who, who, who Mrs. Jensen is being a bitch and doesn't want to rewind because she's not being
1: kind, and no, <laughs> no. that's a dollar fee, man. <laughs> I to like, he's like two ninety nine for the rental, a dollar for the rewind fee. That's three ninety nine. Fine, whatever you, son of a psycho.
0: Ooh,
1: don't say that.
0: Because
1: <gasps> heard J- you,
3: and since Mrs. Jensen only lives a couple blocks away, she's gonna follow your ass and come sneak into your house, kind of, sort of. Punching in the window because she's fucking Bruce Lee now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My favorite, it's not my favorite death of the movie, but I love it, is because she walks in with the butcher knife while Mrs. Jensen's watching Annie and singing to the credits. And she has that leg of lamb that she's going to be eating for a sandwich, walks out of the room with the butcher knife, comes back in with a leg of lamb, and beats her to death with a leg of lamb. I was like, man... This is fucking cool. <laughs> you know, well, while while
3: singing along with Annie. <laughs> yeah,
1: the end credits of Annie. And not only after she kills her, she hits the rewind button.
2: Opening credits of
1: Annie.
2: <laughs>
0: that would be I a it was started. I thought, thought it was an no, end.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen Annie and, the longest time, so I thought that was and, the end. Because she rewinds it, though, so I was like, maybe. <laughs> and for this scene. No, no, anyway, we know
0: she
2: doesn't them. rewind. No, she wants it yeah. for. But,
3: but for the scene, this is where John Waters spent the most money on the movie because it cost them sixty thousand dollars just to be That's able to, to to use that. The <laughs> for the movie. song, yep, wow.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: and the and the opening credits, it cost them sixty thousand dollars to be able to do that well,
0: because yeah. that was the most money was like
3: Yeah. <laughs> Talk about keeping to before. your
2: vision because I would have thought that the smarter thing to do and less costly thing to do would have been to come up with a song that kind of sounds like it, but not quite, you know, like, I mean, obviously you can't use Yesterday because that's a Beatles song, but right. I don't know, so, something to that effect where you got the idea that they're Singing tomorrow without actually having to use like scenes and images from that movie and the
0: song.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but it still
2: worked and made it fun.
1: (laughs) And it did. I mean, especially because she's singing the lyrics and she's beating her to death with it. (laughs) She's hitting every other beat of tomorrow as she's beating her to death while Scotty is watching her do this. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, Scotty, you're dead now. uh, You're going, you know, because she's on to you now.
3: Yeah, because Chip and Bertie were trying to catch Beverly and try and stop (laughs) her, and they kept trying to see her. They kept missing and whatnot, and it's Bertie who actually ended up seeing the afterwards of the death and seeing, uh, you know, all the gore that was all over the living room. And this puts Bertie into pure shock. You know, she can't handle it. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, she's a – She's a horror movie fan. She loves horror movies, you know, but then actually seeing a real murder and the aftermath, you know, just puts her into shock, and she can't handle any more
1: (laughs) It's not red, it's brown.
3: It's
0: not like it is in the movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I felt bad for her. I'm like, you know, getting that taste of real-life horror. She couldn't handle it, you know? I kind of felt bad for Bertie, but yeah. We to but, that. There's a big chase to Hammer Jacks, which I love the fact that when the family sees Beverly driving the van, she waves to him. <laughs> <A> little, <laughs> I on a wave, you know, just adding to that character, which is something that John Waters didn't catch until he started editing the movie. He had no idea that she did that little wave out the window. And he's oh. like, i got to keep that in. Because <laughs> it worked. He's like, oh, I was improvised. I loved it. I yeah. had to keep it in. <laughs> yeah. but, but you get have, the Hammer Jacks. Yep. And he got let in so easily, like underage. He's like, you got to let me in. He's like, you're underage, man. Can't let me in. You got to, though. He's like, all right, go in. Like, Come on. Too easy. Like, I want turned away. It's because it's
3: camel lips, man. <laughs> oh, you mean L7? Yes, L-fucking-7.
1: God, I love that band back in the day. I was a huge L7 fan back in the 90s. So yeah, <laughs> revisiting this movie now and seeing them in the band as camelots with the actual camelot pants. Sounds <laughs> such a good time.
3: Yeah, and, and they're up there performing a song which they wrote exclusively for the movie, yes, which did. has been, uh, and not too long ago L7 went and remastered that song and put it onto a new CD that they've got out.
1: Um, yeah it got released a couple months ago Yeah
3: yeah. So sweet
1: <laughs> <laughs> But that's my favorite death of the movie Is Scotty When he runs up on the top of the stage And you have Beverly Confronting him And setting him on fire And he's running around on the stage on fire And the audience is like Hell oh, yeah yeah baby burn like, you know, <laughs> Nobody's helping <laughs> this guy And you have the lead singer of the band Breaking out the bottle of liquor Drinking some and then spitting it onto his body until he wakes up even more. I was like, this is go so good. <laughs> this is such a good death. And the whole audience chanting, Serial Mom, as she's just standing in the audience and just bouncing to the music. <laughs>
3: yeah, and yeah, she's, she's bouncing along to the music, and that's when the cops come and raid in the place you know, and take her away, and everyone's all pissed off that they're taking away Serial Mom.
1: <laughs> right. As they should be because they love her. Yeah. I mean, you know, they love this yeah. weird woman that likes to kill, um, yeah. which leads to the trial. I
0: also, I
2: also think though this was you know one of those commentaries on, you know things like we saw in, I mean to a degree even in the '60s with the 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 whole Manson trials.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. You know, this is a response to things That we saw with Ted Bundy and them And all the women that were attracted to him And showed up at, you know At the courts and stuff like that This is just the the Opposite sex, you know Like what would happen if it was a woman That was the serial killer What would happen if it was, you know Again, the idea that sometimes the serial killer could be that married guy—you know, not that loner—but he was like a, a somewhat normal dude. You'd never expect. What if it was the normal mom next door that did it? You know, how would right. the public react to that? And you know, yeah. I think it's a, uh, its an interesting question.
1: I completely agree. Yeah, I think I, it's taken I... into the uh, the sensationalism of trials because she's on trial in Baltimore for these deaths and all the people in, the, in the, uh, the galley, everybody's watching. You know, Suzanne mm. Summer's going to get movie deals playing serial mom. <laughs> so she shows up at a certain point. It's like yeah, the Gula said, sensationalism at its finest. Like Ted Bundy when he was on trial and all the women going, I love him. He's so sexy and dreamy. You have people outside in the movie selling t-shirts with her face on it. Hey. Buy your serial mom t-shirts. <laughs> Get your, but, your bumpers. It's not
3: just pe- it's not just people. That's, Shoot, it's your was... kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was Chip and Misty that were doing that. They were the ones that were selling it because also but I think it was I think it was on,
2: Misty and the uh, the the reporter cameraman guy.
3: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. who
2: had now put out
3: a new book that he was selling <laughs> about the <laughs> yeah. entire serial mom thing. You know,
2: you know, Misty finally found somebody that loves her for her, obviously.
0: Obviously. Yes, clear.
1: um, but it was it was great because you have all this going on, and then for some reason, like I told the monkey last night, Matthew Lewis decides to dress up like a Black Panther for some reason. No. You know, in the opening day of the trial, wearing a black beret and all black. I was like, oh, okay, where's the sunglasses?
3: No, I, I, I like, told you, he was going for that French filmmaker look, you know, of. You know, all black in a black
0: no, parade. Black that's what you're Panther. going for. You know, it's, not a black what's funny Panther. is it,
2: go, it goes to show how, like, entrenched I am in the Marvel Universe. Because when you said Black Panther, the first thing I thought was Wakanda. You know, <laughs> Wakanda. Not, the, the mil, not the militant yeah. group that, like, you know, was established no. in New York and everything. Okay. No, but
1: Wakanda and Sala. <laughs> like, you know, that's where your brain went. I, I, I thought the
3: exact same thing, Gould, because when he told me last night, you know, what was he doing dressed up as a black panther? I was like, I never saw him dressed up in a superhero costume. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> was, was he
2: wearing a vibranium super suit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a badass costume.
0: <laughs> uh, years. <laughs> yeah.
1: the one thing I thought was interesting is during the trial, we have juror number eight who wears the white shoes, and this is what Devil upset about is that you don't wear white after Labor Day and she keeps wearing these white shoes. Yeah, That's Patty Hearst. And for me Patty Hearst is a big fucking name in American culture. And the monkey didn't even know who she was. And I was kind of surprised yeah. because I, I think Patty Hearst is a big name. If you talk about Patty Hearst, you think about you know the Symbian Liberation <laughs> Army in the seventies, her kidnapping well, she, like
2: kidnapped and all that stuff. Like I, I yeah. vaguely remember it.
1: But John Waters, back in the 90s, put her in a lot of movies, so he did. But she was a big John Waters player. She was in Cry Baby. Uh, she was in a couple other movies he did, like Serial Mom. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other couple movies that she was in. But she was a big John Waters player uh, for a while. So I kind of thought that was cool that she was in this movie because I'm like, oh, it's Patty Hearst. Like, you know, that's a name. You know, she was a big part of the 70s. She was iconic. You know, and now she's just during with the white shoes.
3: This is true, mm-hmm. but then we sit there and have that. She, you know, Beverly has now decided to go ahead and defend herself because, well, you know, Be- well, Beverly, he, Beverly tries to tell her, her lawyer about the drawer that is wearing white shoes after Labor Day, but his, her her lawyer
2: just won't listen to her. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, she wants to defend herself, but she's well, way. very
2: again, very Bundy. You know, the whole fact that, you know, my lawyer is this, he's not, you know, doing what I want him to do. She's obviously more intelligent and capable of doing all of this. Uh, Obviously. Like I said, you know, what's funny is is we watched the Bundy movie this weekend. And now watching this movie, too, (laughs) I see the correlation, which I wouldn't have expected, you know what I mean? Like when yes. I like I said, I, I've never seen this movie, so the last thing I was expecting to see was anything that would tie into something that I literally just watched you know, the, the two nights
0: before.
1: But it does, in such a great way, and opposed to Bundy, serial mom does a great job of defending yourself. You know, of getting these witnesses onto the stand. You have the one witness to the uh, Mr. Hudgens uh, the car victim. And the victim that's the, the witness herself was high. So she's laughing the entire time. And she's like, Well, clearly, this isn't a good witness. She's high right now. So we can excuse her. <laughs> you know, it's, she's bowing through these witnesses in a rapid clip. Just, well, she's you know, trying to,
2: you know, tease Mr. Pickles with her pussy.
1: Oh, yeah. That whole thing had me cracking up because I'm like, How? How is he fucking so turned on? Just her clicking her fucking legs together?
0: Remember, he's a
2: peeping Tom Tom. So for him, that is what's going to get him all all hot and bothered
1: I love it, he's like, I didn't see anything I don't even know what you're talking about I don't even know why I'm here
3: (laughs) I'm just just saying what you told me to say (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah. and I love uh, when Rosemary goes up to the uh, the stand And she's like, oh really? She's like, you think I did all these things? She's like, let me ask you something, do you recycle?
0: Well, no. no, like, oh my God!
1: <laughs> <laughs> the entire audience is just in shock that she doesn't recycle, and she's like, "See, this is why this witness is incredible because she doesn't recycle." Moving on, <laughs>
3: and and they were her and they were her scissors found at the murder site too.
1: Yeah, and then she like and, uh, Mrs. Hinkle, who she gets the curse on the stand, which I thought was great too. <laughs> She's found a contempt of court because she can't stop cursing. Malfoy's She's like, "Well, <laughs> fuck you, Beverly." Oh, <laughs> well,
0: you know, contempt of court. So. <laughs> Flying no, and the not, Yeah.
2: My favorite stuff in this movie is her and Mink Stoll going back and forth. I mean, they really cracked me up, the whole fucking prank phone. Like, I like prank phone calls as it is. You know, it's (laughs) an avenue of comedy that I appreciate and enjoy. So just seeing that that go down between Kathleen Turner and Mink Stoll just every time, you know, from the early phone calls to to this explosion here just killed me. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You know, one more out of you, and I'm going to hold you to the court. Fuck you, fuck you, Beverly. <laughs> you know, what you motherfucker.
0: <laughs> yeah. you love
1: she's so good mm. at like the like the ghoul, She's so good in the role, um, and it leads to Beverly running through all these witnesses, and it's like obviously the prosecution doesn't have anything left. So it's like, well, obviously uh, <laughs> we're gonna find you innocent. Like you're not you're not guilty. Like you know you proved your point. But all the fact that Suzanne Summers at one point comes into the room and they're just obsessed with Suzanne Summers. Oh my God, I love doing Freeze Company.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> so what year was this back. again? 94. 94. So
3: this was post Okay, So this
2: was also after the OJ trial. Which, before. This was before. What year was OJ? I always forget.
1: I think that was yeah, th- that I, yeah. Yeah, this,
3: yeah, this was before O.J., man. Mm-hmm.
1: Sorry. Because I could have remember somebody saying that it was actually before the O.J. trial. And they said just a year later, O.J. was put on trial for his crimes. And that kind of, you know. Been filled, okay, so it
2: would have been filmed yeah, it, before, but yeah, possibly yeah. coming out around the same time. Because yeah. the trial was in June yeah. of 94.
1: Okay, so yeah, it could have come no, out at no. the same time. The movie itself, yeah.
3: No, the the, the trial of OJ was January twenty fifth, nineteen
1: ninety five, through October second. Mm. Okay, but the, the Bronco chase could have been in ninety four. Uh,
3: let's see here. I gotta sit there and do some. Dude, oh, was was that, do? Well. that was June ninety four. That was June ninety four. The the chase was ninety four.
0: Okay, so there we go then.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: but still, this was definitely And this was released before, in April 13,
1: 1994 This movie was released in th- April th- Yeah So that was just a couple months yeah. later The OJ thing happened So.
0: Maybe
3: OJ, OJ watched this and Maybe OJ was watching Serial Mom and lost his shit
0: <laughs> It's a possibility <laughs> <laughs> Maybe
2: somebody <laughs> insulted him and in the family You know, and it, it just pissed
3: <laughs> off <out. laughs> Maybe they wore white shoes After Labor Day Oh <laughs> motherfuckers.
1: <laughs> <Yep.
0: laughs>
1: I'm gonna kill Nicole now cause see her mom said it's okay. And I'm gonna get cleared of it.
0: Yeah.
3: But Beverly's cleared of all charges and you know, she's coming home, you know. And, and everyone's trying to interview her and then she goes to our girl Patty Hearst where she has a word with her about wearing so white not shoes Labor Day.
1: Before <laughs> you get to that, Monkey, I love the fact that when she gets acquitted of all charges, you have Eugene talking to Misty and Chip, and he's like, well, what do we do now?
0: Like,
1: <laughs> What? Uh, yeah, she's <laughs> cleared, but what do we do? And he goes, well, I guess we let her come home. <laughs> I guess we let her come <laughs> <go> home.
0: <laughs> and they're scared shitless.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the photographer's like, oh, do you think your mom will like me? She's like, yes, don't piss her off. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Don't make her <laughs> mad and she'll like you. But yeah, what do like you say, Monkey, about uh, juror number eight? Yeah, it's just, you know, she, Beverly's cleared of all
3: charges and everyone's going around talking and trying to get interviews with her, and she steps off to the side to have, have a talk with her about. You're not supposed to wear white shoes after Labor Day. And tour number eight, it keeps trying to stress. No fashion, it's changed. It's okay. And then yeah.
1: beat her with the Never phone. Never okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And beats her to death with the phone. Another call back to how 90 this movie is, the pay phone. Yeah. Beating her to death with the receiver. It's- <laughs> But yeah, right, he walking right there he was, in the courthouse. <laughs> I'm not here, darling. Oh, you know, I was like, oh, there she is. And then you have Suzanne Summers going, "Oh, get my picture with Beverly, get my good sign." She's like,
0: Suzanne Summers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <okay.
1: laughs> and then you have uh, you know Min seeing the body in the cor- in the alleyway of where the phone booth was, screaming at the top of her lungs. And you just get that great shot of Kathleen Turner just giving that smile to the camera. And you have the cut phrase of how Beverly Suckpin did not agree to do anything in this movie. Agreed to no nope. part of this.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Obviously a fictional character, but John Waters played with it, making it seem like she was a real person.
2: And oh, yeah, well, it opened that movie. way, too, where it said that yeah. uh, you know all this is based on a true story. Some of the names were changed, and all the stuff you see on like yeah. true TV these days.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, with it, I and thought,
2: it.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I, f- I fucking love that they did this, and just, it just made for a fun movie, man. <laughs> it, it, so thank you guys for watching my
1: pick. <laughs> I mean, I have no problem with it. Like I said, it, it's not my favorite John Waters film, but it's a, it's a passable one. It's a fun one to pass the time with. You know, if you want to look for something that's kind of in the middle, uh, I still think Cry Baby is the one that you introduce people to, and they want to see a John Waters film. Then maybe see Mom. Uh, maybe hairspray. I mean, Pink Flamingo is female trouble. I think that's if you really want to go dark with people. Oh, <laughs> man. How you I, go, I go, oh, peck, I go that,
2: Pecker yeah. when I want to go dark, man.
1: You go Pecker, really? I mean, Pecker is okay. I mean, I think uh, Pecker is a good example, but I think uh, Pink flamingos will be the most dark. that you could possibly yeah. go with, with John Waters. Um, Pink flamingos maybe is a hard watch. Demented. If they're looking for something different with Steven Dorff and Melanie Griffith, maybe go that way. Um, which is a great
0: thing.
1: No <laughs> love, i like, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: So, but good pick overall. Uh, Ghoul, I know your pick is next week, but I don't think you have one for us yet. Is that correct?
2: Uh, well, no. You know what? While we were talking about this, this all kind of made me start. Start thinking about life and start thinking about death and how life and death are connected. And okay, you know you can't have one without the other. Obviously, you know. And death.
3: Be- death becomes her.
2: No <laughs> god, no I'm not staying in this fucking vein. Uh, I like I'm gonna go, to go with. Uh, I'm not saying I don't like it. I just think coming on the heels of Serial Mom. Uh, I'm
0: good. Yeah, <laughs> Happy.
2: I am gonna go with the fact that death has a plan. And it always has a plan. And That's it does it? come and get you. Oh, I was thinking really Final Destination.
1: It? There you oh, go. Fuck yeah. Love it. <laughs> oh. You don't want to fuck with that, Mac Daddy. Oh, such a fun mm-hmm. fucking movie. That's a great feeling. Indeed. Release. And yeah. And we will go with
2: the very first one. You know, I, I did, that was that was my big debate. Do we go do we go with the first original Darkness, or do we actually go with the more fun sequels? But, yeah, I think we'll open up with the original.
1: Yeah, I think you definitely have to go with the first one, because that leads to other discussions with the other sequels, because there's five yeah. of them in total. So I think you have to cut mm-hmm. it with the first one, especially because I think it's the anniversary of that film uh, this year, actually.
0: That works, uh, too. I,
1: I can't remember the milestone, but I know that Devin Sawa has been in a lot of uh, different articles recently. It how could have been 1999
2: point. that that came out, and that would make that the uh, 20th anniversary. So.
1: Yeah, so this year marks the 20th anniversary of Final it, Uh
0: One of my well, favorites.
1: Was, so I'm looking forward to covering that next week. All right, cool. Uh, what a fun movie. So definitely looking forward to checking back in with Devin Sawa and Ali Warder and Tony Todd and seeing how death has a plan for everybody. So we'll check it out. All right. Dude. So monkey, go ahead. Want to do your sign off? <laughs>
3: well, thanks for listening, everybody, and letting the monkey come in your ear. Good night, everybody.
0: <laughs> All right. I a plug. It's
3: kind of gross.
2: Happy anniversary, <laughs> monkey.
3: Oh, thank you, Ghoul. <laughs> you know,
2: you know what you should have did, though, right? You do know what you should.
3: Ah, uh, what? You, what should I have done, Ghoul?
2: <laughs> you should have went to Bonfire Bee Designs. Bought the uh, diva A nice piece of jewelry man You know you could have went to the Etsy page And all one word Real easy You could have gotten her a necklace It could have been pearl You know she's got Swarovski Swarovski, Swarovski. Whatever that word is She's got those really pretty crystals and pearls Yeah that that word Swarovski I can't even say it It's so fucking beautiful (laughs) But they look really nice (laughs) And they look really good on the neck of your loved one (laughs) You know, almost as good as your hands around around that neck. But I digress. You know what? She says has bracelets and rings and all kinds of beautiful jewelry. So you should definitely go check it out. Bonfire Be Designs, all one word, on Etsy.
3: Is it also available on Facebook? Cool.
2: Uh, you can find her page on Facebook as well. She has been trying to keep that more updated. Thank you, Monkey, for reminding me of that. But again, the uh, the, the easiest path is through through the Etsy page because shipping and all that fun stuff comes comes through that. Beautiful, beautiful. But you can also just, okay. message, just message the king. Yeah. He'll talk to you about it.
1: I will. Well, I'll talk to I I've got enough of the time to talk to you, lovely, about anything you want to talk about. Keep it sexy. Keep it platonic. we got time. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So until next king. week, <laughs> we got the ghouls picnic next week of Final Destination. We'll Looking forward to talking about that. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of G. saying we'll see you next time. Tell orders. Tell yourselves. Keep America strong. Keep watching horror movies. Take us out, ghoul.
0: Stay scared, everybody. Stay scared.